0: Hello and welcome back to Equity, the TechCrunch podcast where we unpack the numbers and the nuance behind the headlines. This is Alex. Good morning and welcome to November 27th, 2023. This, of course, is our Monday show where we take a look back at the weekend that was and a peek at the week that is to come. Now, here in the U.S., we are coming off of a four day weekend. So let's have some fun today. The year is winding down. Don't forget, but that does not mean things aren't happening. So, on the show this morning, we have a massive week for software earnings, crypto wanting to start a new chapter, more money for brain computer interfaces, more layoffs in gaming, and an e commerce heat check. It's going to be fun. Let's go. <laughs> Let's start with a look at the world of money, and that means the stock market. Over in Asia, shares are lower, but the losses do appear modest. In Europe, stocks are similarly down a fraction, and they are set to fall just a hair in the U.S. at the open. Now, why are we seeing so much red ink in the global stock market? Well, profit-taking after gains appears to be the most common guess of the financial commentary world but that's all whatever. What I care about more is this week's packed earnings calendar. See if you can catch a trend in this as I read out to you the names of who shall report. On Monday, Zscaler, Do You, Maria T B. Tuesday, Workday, CrowdStrike, Splunk, HPE, and NetApp. Wednesday will bring us numbers from Salesforce, Synopsys, Snowflake, Okta, Pure Storage, Nutanix, Billy Billy, Encino, Zora, and Zihu. And then Thursday, Dell, Samsara, UiPath, PagerDuty, and Domo. So yes, I am indeed calling this software week. And that means we are going to get tons of data that will help us understand the market that startups have been dealing with in the back half of 2023 and probably the start of 2024. and then there was crypto now for the last couple of weeks i have shouted at the top of my lungs about very interesting price movements in the world of crypto this week is absolutely not like that in fact we have seen muted price changes compared to one week ago though if i go down the list and i have to be picky i will say that bnb and solana have lost some value in the last week but given recent gains it feels a little bit like whatever The big news in the world of crypto remains the Binance settlement. And I don't think we've talked about this enough on the show. So I'm going to remind you of a couple of key things. CZ, the founder and CEO of Binance, is stepping down and has pleaded guilty to a number of violations brought on through the DOJ and other U.S. agencies. Now, who's going to be in charge of Binance in his absence? It's Richard Tang, Binance's former global head of regional markets. Binance will also pay 4.3 billion dollars to resolve the DOJ's investigations, and the crypto exchange, quote, admits it engaged in anti-money laundering, unlicensed money transmitting, and sanctions violations. That's according to the DOJ. Now, if you want more about Binance, I'm just going to recommend our show Chain Reaction. Jackie hosts it. She's amazing. I'm an occasional guest over there, but she will have a lot more about this in the coming weeks. Now, there's a meme that no matter what happens out there in the world, it's good for Bitcoin. Well, this might actually be good for Bitcoin, but don't take it from me. Take it from Coinbase CEO Brian Armstrong, who said to CNBC, quote, the enforcement action against Binance, that's allowing us to kind of turn the page on that and hopefully close that chapter of history. I'm taking this as the following. Everyone knew Binance wasn't exactly following the law in every market that it operated, which made crypto look bad. Now that Binance has had its wrist slapped and its wallet stolen, people like Coinbase, companies that are based in the US and are known for trying at least to follow the rules, may look better and the overall crypto industry may be on firmer footing. We'll see. Next up, my favorite part of the show, what I call big news that matters. But first off, we're going to rewind that clock because we were off Friday. So a reminder that after all the open AI drama, Sam is apparently back in charge. And by that, I mean the battle between folks who wanted to slow AI dev and those who wanted to make a lot of money went in favor of the second camp. And as someone who's pretty far from being an AI doomer, let alone a decel, I'm cool with this, although also I'll just say this, who did we really think was going to win? And staying close to the idea of frontier tech, I have news about Neuralink. Now, Neuralink, of course, is the Elon Musk-founded company developing implantable chips that can read brainwaves. The news is that the company has raised an additional $43 million, according to a filing with the SEC. That document shows the company increased its previous investing tranche, led by Peter Thiel's Founders Fund. From 280 million to 323 million in early August. Some 32 investors have put money into this particular round. Now, what is Neuralink worth? Well, the company has not disclosed a valuation recently, but back in June, reports said the company was worth about $5 billion, according to privately executed stock trades, AKA the secondary market. My bias here is that I want to put the computer into my brain. I'm excited about this. Bring it on. And the good news for dweebs like me is that back in May, Neuralink did receive FDA approval for human clinical trials after having an earlier application rejected, and it is doing some recruitment for human trials under an investigational device exemption from the FDA. That said, Neuralink is under increasing scrutiny for what critics allege are a toxic workplace culture and, TechCrunch reports, unethical research practices. Musk-related companies often appear to suffer from brutal timelines and a willingness to break the rules, and some folks like to argue that this is an unvarnished positive You know, something that we don't even need to talk about. Or if we do, we're somehow slowing the progress of mankind. But I would like to invite those folks to work the line at an abusive company instead of dictating tweets to one of their assistants about how it's a good thing. That said, I still do want the brain computer. And what shall I do with my brain computer? Well, probably sit around and play video games. I'm not going to lie, which is good because there's lots of great games out today, but the video game industry itself is actually not doing so good. And I have some news. So back in late 2021, TikTok's parent company decided to build a video game group. But after a couple of years of tepid performance, that gaming department called Newverse is significantly scaling back its operations in a move that has surprised many Employees. This new round of layoffs kicked off on Monday, and many members of Newverse are still anxiously awaiting a verdict on their future. That's according to people familiar with the matter talking to TechCrunch. Now, gaming in China has become a more difficult industry over time. Don't forget there was that wave of government crackdowns on tech companies in general. Then, gaming companies got their own particular bit of stick by having their titles not approved by the government. And then the same government also cut gaming time allowed to youths. But the issues in gaming and the layoffs are not actually a China-focused issue. They've been happening around the world. And The Verge pulled together a pretty good list of individual gaming companies that have cut staff. I'm going to go ahead and read out a couple of these names. Digital Extremes, Microsoft, Epic, Unity, Telltale. Bungie, CD Projekt Red, Electronic Arts, Embracer Group, Volition, Amazon Games. Lots and lots of companies have been cutting gaming-related staff this year. So, is gaming itself broken? I would say not at the demand level. I do think, however, we are seeing some issues arise with the current business model attached to big gaming studios. And to make a small analogy, much like how the movie business has become a mass hit or nothing model, video games at the AAA level seem to be ever more sequel driven, centered around known IP with big budgets and even bigger expectations. The result of this has been bigger, more expensive bets that when they whiff, lead to mass staff cuts, I would say worse in-game monetization features, and even fewer mid-list titles. So gamers love to game, gaming devs are pretty cool, but it does seem that on the business side, gaming is struggling. Back to business, how about an e-commerce heat check? I have all the data for you on the current state of affairs. According to TechCrunch, a rush of deep discounts and growth of flexible payment options were key drivers behind $9.8 billion in online sales in the U.S. on Black Friday. That number is a record figure for the day. And according to Adobe Analytics, sales were up 7.5% on last year's number. Now, the U.S. is not the only place in the world. So let's take a look at global data via Salesforce. $31.7 billion was spent online on Thanksgiving and $70.9 billion globally on Black Friday. The Thanksgiving number was up 1% year-on-year and the Black Friday global figure was up 8% year-on-year. Not great, not terrible. I would say that data is indicative that e-commerce is still growing somewhat, but nothing like the ripping pace that we got accustomed to a few years ago. Now, to wrap things up, I have a little category here that I'm calling Things Stay the Same, and you'll see why in just a second. First up, according to Tom's Hardware Quote, Chimera, a Chinese-linked hacker group, infiltrated the network of the Dutch semiconductor giant NXP and had access for over two years, from the late 17 through the beginning of 2020. Now, are you shocked that a China-linked hacking group is stealing technology secrets from another company and country? I'm not. Next item, Facebook is in trouble with state attorneys general for not deactivating users who were under the age of 13. Once again, are you shocked? I'm blown away. Never would I have thought that a social media company would get in trouble for something like that. Whew, what a surprise. Anyways, y'all, that is all the time we have for today. I think it's gonna be a busy week, perhaps the last busy week of the year. So stay close to equity. We are Equity Pod over on X and Threads. And if you want even more of my annoying voice, well, I'm Alex on X as well. We have two sister shows, Chain Reaction, all about the world of cryptocurrency and found a show digging into the founding stories of tomorrow's hot tech startups. All right, we'll talk to you soon. We're back on Wednesday, back on Friday. Bye.